Capcom presents. I never want you to be involved in this. It's okay. I'll always be by your side. They accept all my imperfections. Sorry for the disconnection. But here's all the missing sections. You know Mega Brand came equipped with weapons. I don't mean Smith and Wessons, but the gun smoke will choke ya. We do it for the culture. Lights of the round, controllers up in hostess. It's a beautiful world, I'm smelling everything. Take flight and soar on legendary wings. No swagger from Mike Hagger. Wrestler turned mayor, turned teacher, turned rapper with mad gear. Leveled up from last year. Trust me, it's starting. Dynamite from the third strike, the final fight. It's all going to stay locked in. Since 83, way past 2010. You never heard of this live ass. The Capcom Unity Podcast. It's all going to stay locked in. Since 83, past 2K10. You never heard of this live ass. The Capcom Unity Podcast. Welcome to episode 27 of the Capcom Unity official podcast. I am Greg Aman, joined once again by Yuri Devilbringer. More? Arojo. You trying to remember? <laughs> no, I was just going to leave it there. And on my other side. And, uh, uh These are always the worst. <laughs> I don't know why I never. the worst part of my week. I never. <laughs> <laughs> I never think about this ahead of time. I was going to say <laughs> Brett Bullet Bill, but that's uh, <laughs> that's close enough. Let's just go with that. Just get it off on the wrong foot every time. Thank uh, you guys for listening. I, look, I love I love <laughs> Contra. I'm a big fan. We all love – oh, is that what Bullet Bill is? That's <laughs> no. buried somewhere in the recesses of my mind. That's Mario. Oh. He's the yeah. one uh, that uh, – he's the dragon that throws axes at you. <laughs> okay. Um Let's so, let's never do this again. Right. <laughs> I I only know Capcom games. That's but right. We we're going to discuss many of those today. So buckle up. Thank you if you've stu- stuck it out this far into the episode. <laughs> so, kicking off our news segment as we do. Uh we've got a few beats here. DMC Definitive Editions Style Tournament that we're running on the blog. Uh, is into round two. Round two will be wrapping up today. It may or may not be up on the blog by the time this podcast goes up. Uh, submissions have been very good. There was a slight hiccup this week where I missed two submissions and had to redo the poll. I do apologize for that. Uh, but I do think it's still uh, going really well. We have some awesome prizes from the Japans up on the table for uh, the stylishest players. <laughs> uh, and there will be rounds three and four subsequent weeks, and then a final round where the winners of each of those rounds face off in one final showdown for an awesome prize. Uh, we also had a separate uh, community vote because the DMC tournament uh, is put up to community vote every week. There's a separate poll going on uh, for Mega May, which yeah. has become a yearly tradition for this, sort of. this being the second year. Well, with <laughs> la- yeah, May, 20, May 2015, we did Mega May with Nintendo of America, and then they kind of did a Mega May 1.5 with Magogast. <laughs> That's uh, right. Where a bunch of Mega Man games came out in August, um, mm-hmm. with the surprise launch of Mega Man Seven at the end of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're doing it again, and the vote, the poll is up. You can vote through April 29th, I think. So if you're listening to that, if you're listening to this after that, uh, that that has passed, and you can't vote anymore. Mm-hmm. But if you're listening to this when this goes up <laughs> on yes. Friday, 
then you can still vote for a certain number of days. It will be right. one fewer the closer to the 29th, depending on which day you... Wait, I have I'll, notes I'll on, on this. I'll move uh, on. I have notes on this. If you're listening to this on 2016... Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> Mega May 2017 has not yet been announced. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, the games this time are uh, Battle Network 3 and 4, both versions of each. Uh, Mega Man in base and Mega Man Zero 2. Uh, and you can vote which one you want to release first, and then the rest will come out sort of in a chronological order each Thursday as the Virtual Console updates. Um, we'll keep that result hidden such that the first Mega May game, which I think is going to be May 7th, because that's the first Thursday, I'm pretty sure. Uh, you know, I that is true. I thought May I made 7th. a note of that, but I didn't, so sorry. Because May 1st, May 1st, is Friday. Uh, first Friday of every month, Oh yeah, Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate DLC. No, we're jumping I'm the gun. totally hijacking <laughs> Greg's thing, but yes, <laughs> that's fine. that leads me to, you know... That plus seven is eight, so minus one Thursday makes it. Got it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's going on. Cut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you go over the titles? Did I miss that? I sure did. All right. Mega Man so Zero is the one everybody should be voting. Those for. are all again. Those are Mega all Zero G- GBA games to Wii U eShop. Yes. Uh, I also would vote for Mega Man Zero Two. That's just me and Yuri. Yes. And Brett. I right. voted, but since uh, office buildings tend to have the same IPs, <laughs> and, uh, one person gets to vote. I don't remember <laughs> what. I either did Mega Man and Base or Zero. I can't remember which one I did. I know which one is winning as of right now. Oh, man. Uh, as of right now, Base and Zero are very close. Very I good. won't say which one's ahead, but those are the two that mm. are uh, It's seesawing. I think Blue Moon is holding Red Sun back. Mm. <laughs> is, it, is, it, is it really Blue Moon, one of the titles? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Or did they have a tie-in with, uh, I guess, the rating? <laughs> <laughs> with the old jazz standard? No, <laughs> with the, the beer. The beer. Yeah. <laughs> Alcohol reference, ESRB. Right. Let's move on. Could be one of those multimedia extravaganzas we did. But it's not. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Ultra Street Fighter 4 coming to PS4. Uh, we finally have a release date. It's May 26th. It will be a digital release. 25 bucks. That's a really good value for what you're getting. It includes all characters, levels, and DLC launched so far. Uh, it eliminates the minor input lag some people had brought up. Uh, and it's a fighting game that is awesome. Yes. So <laughs> Very good. Omega mode in there too, right? Or Say what? The, is the Omega mode included in that one? Yeah. I, it's so, I mean, yeah. it's got everything that oh, okay. was in the... Yeah. I know that just got a, a, a patch or something. Uh, uh, yeah, actually. That's next on my list. Okay. Uh, USF for version 1.05 patch out now. Uh, that is by the time this podcast goes up. <laughs> uh, unless you're listening to it before it goes up, <laughs> in which case, etc. cetera. Uh, that's a PS3, 360, and Steam patch. Uh, it has a whole host of rebalances you can check out on our blog. So download it, love it, play it. Let us know what you think. In Resident Evil update, uh, we finally have the update for Xbox One that lets people play raid mode online with each other. Uh, Happy to finally get that out. Working with Microsoft for weeks on that one. uh, Finally up, and uh, we also mentioned Xbox One owners who couldn't get online and obviously couldn't participate in the Resident Evil.net events. So uh, if you log in um, that week, uh, you know, the next week or so, uh, the, the full date range is on the site, but... Uh, you'll be able to get uh, a number of RE points, which will let you 
buy things on the site or transfer some items into the game itself. But that uh, update that came out also brought to all the platforms uh, four new costumes, mm. which are increasingly ridiculous. Oh, man. <laughs> what uh, we got? So Gina has two alternate costumes, which are Rachel and uh, Lady Hunk. Oh, wow. So Rachel, uh, being her sister, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the Foley's. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lady Hunk comes from Revs 1, uh, bringing her back as alternate skins. And then Mutant Pedro, <laughs> who... Uh, <laughs> All I've been asking for. No, he's a, he's an enemy in the game, so then being able to play as him, you know, he's a bit bigger of a <laughs> he's, he's bulkier, he's kinda creepy looking and that's fun. Mm-hmm. But then the best one by far is Lottie, the crazy bear, uh Natalia's bear. Um and he's an alternate costume for Cypher, who you unlock after getting I think it's ninety or wow. 80, eighty completion medals in raid mode. Um but Lottie also comes with brand new VO but even though it's a costume, uh-huh. uh, it's absolutely bonkers, <laughs> and uh, you should uh, definitely pick. That's well, it's it's part of an update, so if you've got the game, they'll they and you have those characters unlocked, they'll just be there. You don't have to unlock the costumes on top of that. So oh, that's really cool. Uh, Cipher's the one with this, the katana, right? Yeah, he's the Matrix code thing. So <laughs> that'll well, that'll carry over to Lottie then. Yes. Yeah, mm. his default weapon is the sword. And he has brand new VO that's just like, I'm Lottie. <laughs> <laughs> it's really ridiculous and pretty great. Uh, but that's uh, that should be up by the time you hear this episode. Uh, if you're listening to it on Friday and somehow <laughs> not before we were done recording it. <laughs> if you did that, then that's a problem. Oh, man, this joke just keeps on giving. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, time for yet another plug of Capcom Recap, which has been going very well. I'm, I'm very excited to be working on that. It's a lot of fun. Uh, basically, if, if you hadn't heard of it already, it's a, a video uh, highlight thing. Good. <laughs> Do that over. <laughs> Good video montage thing. Uh, we, we basically recruit uh, cool video clips that... Uh, players of Capcom games are making, you catch something cool or funny that happened in a Capcom game, old or new, you can send it to us at recap at Capcom.com or just via Twitter with hashtag Capcom Recap. Uh, and we'll try and throw it in a, the next recap, which uh, happens every two weeks on the weeks that we don't have podcasts. Yeah, so every basically every Friday, you could, it's either it's either podcast or recap. Mm-hmm. And we've we've done we try to keep it as varied as possible. We've had some world record speed runs, including some nutty ones like getting through <laughs> RE3 ne- Nemesis using only the knife and taking out the Nemesis in every scene you encounter him where he drops an item, which is not easy. It doesn't really even look fun, but I mean it's just <laughs> like it's a feat, you know. Yeah. Uh, and then we also had uh, like Johnny Atma, who's an awesome musician who does uh, like metal medleys of uh, Capcom uh, Capcom music. He did. Mega Man X medley, the Bionic Commando, really oh. good. Both uh, of which will be mentioned today. <laughs> Bringing up both of those games in mere minutes. Yes. Yes. It's been, I guess, uh, a bit quieter these last couple of weeks than it had been for a while, where we've had seem seems like nonstop releases or big news or other things. Uh, but on a personal note, Yuri and I both went to a Faith No More concert in the city. It sprung onto us last minute as uh, one of our coworkers was like, 
Hey, we got two tickets here. I actually, yeah, I actually tried to buy. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I tried to get tickets at pre-sale, and I, I think it pre-sale opened at like 9 a.m. I got to it at like noon, and they were long sold out. Did you get the Faith No More map pack with that pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> you get the Gina, bloody Gina outfit. <laughs> Got the uh, pants, the Faith No More pants. Uh, I did buy a T-shirt <laughs> at the concert, but anyway, so th- I didn't get the tickets, and I, was, I just cut my losses. And then uh, a colleague happened to have extra tickets, and he hooked us up day of, uh, like yeah. mere hours before the event. He's like, "Hey, you guys free tonight?" And I was like, "Frankly, no." And he's like, "What if it's for Faith No More?" I was like, uh, "I'm your man." Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, I think they were my favorite band from like ages seven to thirteen or something like that. It was a huge part of my childhood. They, not the most child-friendly band, but that's how it, <laughs> that's how it played out. Yuri, I think you were kind of new to the party. Yeah, I was. Uh, well, from that, you know, in that time, seven th- through thirteen, when you were listening to Faith No More, I was hooked on. You know, Guns N' Roses and things like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it was kind of. They started in a similar place, I think. Yeah. And actually, like early Mike Patton, Faith No More, he sounds a lot like David Lee Roth. Huh. Uh, yeah. Kind of sounds like Axl Rose. Right. Uh, but then they kind of broke into doing a lot more complex and varied stuff. They kind of grew out of the, the metal image a little bit. Right, but, right. Uh, the reason we're talking about all this is uh, Mike Patton, you may or may not know this, uh, he, so he's a front man of Faith No More. Um, very prolific musician. He's had many, many side acts, including Mr. Bungle, which is a fairly notorious 13 act. 13 Ungle? <laughs> <laughs> but um, he, uh, he provided the voiceover for Nathan Spencer, Rad Spencer, in uh, the Bionic Commando reboot in 2009. And he's not particularly known for his uh, VO work in video games. I think he was involved in Portal. Uh, and apparently he's done, like, sound effects. And you, if you follow his his uh, music, you probably know that he's got away <laughs> with uh, <laughs> sound effects. <laughs> uh, but this was, uh, you know, probably his most prominent uh, VO role as an actor. And it was always one of these weird things about a uh, thoroughly weird game. I don't know, like, uh, what percentage of our listeners have played the Bionic Commando reboot. I have a huge fondness for it. I wasn't a huge oh, fan when it came out. Mm-hmm. And then over the years, I keep thinking, like, maybe it was better than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I I don't know, for some reason... the. Normally, when, when you have a bad experience with the game, the bad is only that sticks with you. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I'm only kind of remembering the good. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. it's like, I well... I don't remember <laughs> really why. And then, I mean, the wife arm was a great... It was a was a wonderful <laughs> ride. <laughs> uh, but it was... Uh, well, it's, it's also just... Also, listening to you talk about it, I'm like, actually, yeah. maybe, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Well, I was a diehard Bionic Commando fan since, uh, you know, the original. I think that... Oh, yeah, the old ones for sure. ...really solidified games as, like, an awesome thing that I cared about when I was very, very young. And it solidified Capcom as a household name, we always say. Um for me but there's something about that game I, I mean when i was playing the reboot i was still in japan and i was completely tuned out of the western zeitgeist i didn't know much about uh, you know modern shooters uh or even really modern western games i, w- I was just kind of playing whatever i was playing a lot of old japanese games and then this came along and, and uh i didn't really have any expectations other than i hope the swinging feels good and it really did I think the swinging still feels great. Yeah, I did mm-hmm. like the sense of heft. 
when you did swing. Yeah, <laughs> and that death from above move. And it, it's like it's funny because it was not a Japanese developer, and yeah. yet uh, to me it feels very Japanese in the sense that uh, if you're having a really bad time with the game, it's probably because you're playing it quote wrong. <laughs> and a lot of Japanese games dema- demand that you play it the right way, and then it becomes super fun. Uh, I definitely think that's the case with Bionic Commando's reboot, more so even than like the original game. Mm. Uh, and it's you know things like the radiation. It's like well, the radiation, especially for me when I was playing on CRT, I was like, why am I randomly dying all the time? Uh, but on a, on subsequent playthroughs, when you know exactly where like where the beaten path is and where you can't go. Uh, suddenly like that becomes a non-issue completely and you just yeah you know the first time it's frustrating because you don't know what your boundaries are but right you just you just learn to block that area off your mind mm-hmm. and you know have fun elsewhere <laughs> yeah so but uh thinking about bond commando and mike Patton, it got uh yuri and i talking about uh the the whole wife arm <laughs> concept and how big a stink was made about that in a, g- in a game that is otherwise very realistic and down to earth. Like, <laughs> everyone like m- makes fun of that scene, but no one makes fun of the fact that in the next scene you're fighting a guy named Super Joe in a mech. Well, <laughs> for me it was like it was a. Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of like st- there's a stereotype for Western developers, which is to grim, dark, dirty up. <laughs> uh, uh, Oh, we're gonna reboot this this classic franchise, mm-hmm. and it's gonna we're just gonna throw some dirt on it, mm-hmm. and now it's now it's cool. Yeah. And it was for me, it was like, well, we took this thing that was just really fun mm-hmm. and and cool, a, a robotic arm or you know a, a mechanical appendage of some kind, mm-hmm. and then it became this like I sacrificed my wife, like <laughs> it, 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 like it, the notion like, that you need to add this level yeah, of emotion. Like, that's what got me. Where I'm just like, this is. It, it felt like. No, I don't need a reason why <laughs> it works the way it does. I just, I don't know. That's what got, that's what stuck in my craw. But because <laughs> then you meet all the other bionics, and it's like mm-hmm. the girl with two bionic legs. I'm like, were those both her kids? <laughs> like, <laughs> like pet I dogs. Two corgis. Like I had a parrot that died. Can I get a new ear? Like, <laughs> what, what, what does that mean? Uh, so you does raise beat. a lot of implications for bionics. And if you, do they all have to have a dead person in them? It's <laughs> like. Couldn't they just donate organs and like you know uh, like yeah. so rather just have a leg donor than yeah uh, yeah <laughs> so I don't know like the game itself had you know like you said I did like the swinging and that was cool um, I st- I still think it feels like that arm mechanic alone is great and I love the uh, he does in fact need an arm he to use a contrived kind of meaningless word but arcadey yeah feel mm. of the shooting oh yeah it's so yeah, whatever yeah. you know like yeah. it's not like. There's, it's not like a, a shooting. Uh, I'm gonna explain it. Like it's, it, 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 it's like the shooting in the original. There's not a lot of considered. Yeah, you just pop off yeah, shots. I'm you know? running. I'm yeah. shooting. It remind me kind of of Red Dead Revolver, mm. a little oh, bit. Yeah. The way you, it's not really about cover. It's not mm. about. It was you just should like keep moving. Well, yeah. it's like the arm empowers you to always keep moving, and then it's like use the gun as like a little crutch mm. once in a while. Yeah, the guns. And uh, and I think like y- yeah you want to focus on the fun part which is the swing not mm-hmm. the shooting so the shotgun <laughs> maybe a big cr- uh, you guys mess around with the multiplayer much oh yes the shotgun uh, is just it, it is exactly as powerful across the map <laughs> as it is when you're an inch from the opponent <laughs> it's great though um, so I have the Capcom dot com okay open here. On uh, Emily Spencer. Okay. That's uh, his wife's name. His, that's his arm. And, uh, yeah, it does mention what you guys were saying, that the uh, the bionics, uh, it says right here, people close to the bionics must undergo an unexpected process where they become an actual part of the bionic. 
Um, it is never fully explained what part of Anna Emily is in the arm and the rest, and if the rest of her is alive or in what condition. Mm. And then there's a link to a picture that they put up on the website where you can see her face. Um, That's a inside gorgeous a capsule. piece of art. In yeah. Fact. Um, but it's like... It but yeah, we, we don't know if she's dead or not. We could go down the rabbit hole here before we even <laughs> mentioned what the topic of this podcast is, but, <laughs> you know, what what does it mean to be an arm... <laughs> what part of <laughs> what what of what of you is carrying over? Yeah, but uh, the point is, Yuri and I were talking about this, and we were talking about podcast ideas. And I was like, you know, I think we might be able to make a whole podcast just about Capcom characters whose arms are loved ones. <laughs> <laughs> and then we started listing them, and we're we're up to the challenge. It may it might be a slightly <laughs> shorter cast today, but. Uh, we're going to try. <laughs> it's definitely not going to be a top 10. So we ha- we no, it will not be a top 10. Uh, <laughs> if anything, it's a bottom four. <laughs> uh, no, but, uh, <laughs> and, you know, that aside, I think uh, you, there's a lot of examples of uh, just, like, fixation on appendages, I guess arms specifically, before you uh, okay. call, call me out for sounding gross. Um, in In Capcom games, just having, like, this sort of, asymmetrical arm thing where one of them is like this enchanted thing or something, you know, like you look at, uh, I don't want to keep coming back to the Ustinok. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember around RE6 noticing that like a lot of Resident Evil designs have like this asymmetrical arm thing going on. Yeah, like like Bir- Birkin had it back in the day. Yeah. I mean, the original Tyrant has the like original the huge tyrant. hook arm. So what's our list? So okay, so we've done the wife arm. Uh, <laughs> now, there's been a lot of talk about Devil May Cry Four lately because a special edition is coming this summer. Uh, and as you may know, uh, the game introduced the character Nero, yes, a- as well as his Devil Bringer mechanic, which is uh, an enchanted arm mm-hmm. of sorts, and uh, uses it uh, to throw stuff. <laughs> Got it. And also hold enemies up and make fun of them. <laughs> uh, now the the final word on the Devil Bringer and its origins uh, has not been spoken, so, and I'm not here to confirm that. So uh, put your notepads down, guys. It's all right. But there are certainly lots of signs that suggest that there's some sort of uh, he's waving his arms. Legacy, <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean, you got to understand, guys. It's a visual aid here. That there's some there's there's more to his arm than just being mysteriously enchanted. Like it might have something to do with his past or his bloodline or who knows. I think there's there's plenty of theories out there, but uh what is one of the theories? I would say the most prevalent theory that I've heard and I'm going to tell you right now that I don't know the answer to this, so I'm speaking as innocent <laughs> bystander who has just looked at internet forums. Uh one of the theories is that uh he's somehow connected to Virgil, who as we know needs more power. <laughs> um Order of the sword, huh? The order of the sword, huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, and that that ar- and that that Virgil connection may have something to do with his effed up arm. 
according to Nero, this is uh, also reading mm-hmm. the now Devil May Cry dot wiki. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, from that day, f- from that day forth, his arms changed and a voice echoed, "Power, give me more power." That's a direct so quote. Th- a this is a direct quote. Very moving cutscene where he says it. So that does kind of sound like there's some connection there if you think about it. And we we know for a fact that you do think about it. I think about it daily <laughs> and nightly. Uh, what uh, about the uh, inner in-betweens like Dusk and Dawn, Twilight? Dusk and Dawn is Greg's time. Thou <laughs> 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 uh, uh, shalt not ask. So, yeah, and I think you can draw an even further uh, connection with the fact that he, well, his arm, the Devil Bringer, is able to, uh, has that scene where it resonates with the Yamato and restores <laughs> it, and now he can yield... Wield, wield the Yamato, and yeah, you know. I mean, there's certainly like lots of evidence Virgil's to suggest yeah. there's a connection between Nero and Virgil. Uh, it's never been explicitly said. Yeah, I think there's, you know, they they probably wanted to keep it ambiguous. As so you're you're confirming <laughs> that Nero's hand is Spencer's wife. <laughs> uh, Emily Spencer, to be more specific. <laughs> right. Yes. I was actually uh, confirming that it's the God hand. Okay. Uh, which is know. a great segue. Which use with. <laughs> Well, I was gonna. Wait, what you got? Let's go. Well, I was just gonna say uh, mm-hmm. this is the type of thing that we we may be able to ask the producers, but uh, knowing the type of game that it is, we always want to keep it a secret. So we're gonna stick to the theory for now, yeah. I guess. I will <laughs> say, you know, there's not a lot of new story to special edition that's been confirmed repeatedly, uh, but. Virgil has a has a new opening, basically bookends. He has a new opening cutscene, a new ending cutscene. Again, really, action is the focus. But uh, you know, just for the sake of sort of establishing a premise, uh, new new intro, new ending. Uh, there is maybe one extremely subtle tidbit that the hardcore canon fans uh, will probably be interested to see. Uh, I will let them find it. Uh, again. Expect a lot of action, not a lot of story, and you may be pleasantly tickled by the one tidbit. I'm looking forward to it. I don't like being tickled. Uh, Which brings us to God Hand, smoothly enough. (laughs) Uh, God Hand is a game that is basically a celebration slash culmination of Capcom's age-old obsession with hands. (laughs) You know what? Uh, I remember seeing on the Mega Man Network there was this uh, there was sort of like urban legend that Capcom had the Capcom hand, and if you look at oh, basically the, yeah. every yeah, old right. me- uh, like classic Mega Man illustration, every single character has their hand in the same. Uh, oh. It's like backwards Star Trek. Yeah. Pose. What do you call that thing in Star Trek? Well, it's the s- Live Long and Prosper. There's no name for it. It's not I like mean, a Star Salute. He just had a name. Live long as proper. I mean, that's the sign for Trek a Vulcan, Vulcan greeting. <laughs> I mean, yeah, live long and prosper. The cloven Trek But then, yeah, if you connect your middle and index fingers and extend your pinky and index away from them. Mm-hmm. Well, mi- middle and ring finger. Try it at home, yeah, guys. Yeah, middle and ring finger. And then your index and pinky away from so them. Just your photos in the comments. <laughs> uh, yeah, almost every robot master has that hand. Um, oh, right, yeah. A lot of other characters now, you can see. Now, I looked into that a little further, and it seemed like this was not uh, limited to Capcom illustrations at the time. This is some wider spread thing, widespreader thing. Oh. Uh, wider spread? In, in Japan, I guess in the 80s. Mm. And it, it might it might be born out of that sort of, like, uh, what do you call it, like the Sentai. Oh. Uh, 
like pop culture where everyone was doing lots of hand poses. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Including Sailor Moon. Yeah. Yeah, there's the there's even the well, kind of looping back, there's the yeah. Sentai group in God Hand. Yeah, <laughs> and another thing about God Hand <laughs> is let's let's talk about that game. Yeah, there's yeah. a Sentai group in God Hand. Ironically, I don't think any of them do the hand. No, they they're, they're <laughs> tiny. They do leg gestures. They do. <laughs> <laughs> so what is the God Hand? The God Hand is a I mean, you know, I never really questioned the God Hand and I don't think you're allowed to. You want to know what it is? <laughs> but uh, yeah, yes. My, uh, what you got? My, um, so there's the Classic story, fallen angel thing, demon king named Angra, uh, and you using his power to destroy the world, blah, blah, blah. A man holding the power of God within his arms defeated Angra, sing, sending him into exile again. And then he was that man was given the title of God Hand. I'm reading this off of Wikipedia, by the way. Uh, and then, you know, they, they establish a clan and this whole thing, and uh, eventually... Because of because of this man's power and everything, uh, the clan somehow creates you know the two hands, call them the God hands, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, now we we jump into the lore of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Azel, mm-hmm. who in the game you encounter him, he's uh, in possession of what we call the Devil Hand. Is this the guy who's like Gene's doppelganger kind of thing? He's like Dark Gene. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's his own character, Azel. So uh, yeah, if, if you. Spoilers, this game is from 2006, almost uh-huh. 10 years old. Uh, Azul was going to get married to Olivia, mm-hmm. uh, and then uh, with the power of the God Hand, he mm-hmm. has a God Hand in his left arm. Uh, he kills everybody in the clan, and then Olivia escapes, steals one of the God Hands, and that's when he t- she teams up with Jean, saves him from, you know, he, was, he just had his arm chopped off, mm-hmm. so the God Hand comes in handy. Uh, and I, yeah, I want to say this is the most anyone's ever thought about the canon of God Hand, but someone had to write these articles. Right, <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm referencing three different pages. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you who made these articles on Wikia. Uh, this is our bi- bi-weekly uh, reminder that this game is inexplicably on PSN. Yeah. Oh, yeah. By God Hand. By God. <laughs> if you do not... <laughs> Every time I have to make them. Immediately. It's Ten bucks for one of the finest action games ever to grace our um. ungodly hands. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's it's pretty cool. Uh, it manifests in different ways the, uh, between these two characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Azul is just like tattoo, but then God Hands has like that metal plating. Uh, that's just how mm-hmm. it manifests itself. I think Azul's uh, a little cooler looking. Well, he's kind of like the Virgil of the game. Kind think of. about yeah, it. Yeah, he is actually. That's yeah. a, you were just talking about how common that archetype is yeah. uh, in Japanese things. It's like the rough and tumble, like happy-go-lucky guy who's always better, but like effortlessly. And then there's like the really serious, like prim and proper and very calculating guy who, like, by all rights, should be better, but is always falling just short. It's always and the the disciplined guy from some sort of royal background mm-hmm. versus. Yeah. Bumpkin. It's tried and true. Yeah, yeah like if, if you, yeah, it's exactly th- like that in God Hand because Azul was, you know, within that clan and then God Hand, uh, Gene is just some mm-hmm. random dude. Got it's like a viola off. player versus an electric guitarist. Specific, now I get specifically it. Specifically <laughs> viola, <laughs> not violin. Too versatile. <laughs> <laughs> I have more viola jokes if you'd like to hear them. Um, no. We'll save that for the outtakes. Oi, viola. I was trying to get a <laughs> trying to get my own viola joke. Mm-hmm. But. 
Step aside. So, Greg, if you Hold have a chance beard. to cosplay <laughs> as uh, either Azul or Jean, mm-hmm. which one would it be? Can't we have both? No, you cosplay. I will as only one of them. cosplay as kind of skinny bald guys. What's another famous arm in the Capcom? <laughs> 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 All right. <laughs> do we have? Mo- oh yeah. So we have one more. We do, in fact. Music break. <laughs> I was looking for information, actually, before we get to the last one, on uh, that gauntlet thing from Onimusha, but uh, I don't think that qualifies there as There is an no arm. information. No, I don't think that, that qualifies as an arm. It's more of a gauntlet. It's a, more of a gauntlet. Yeah, it's not really an arm at all. It's, yeah. not, it's certainly not a hand. Right. It's certainly not a loved one. <coughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but very beloved uh, characters up next. Yeah, so uh, I was trying to remember what the deal was with uh, Mega Man X uh, because it seems like you're constantly swapping parts in mm. that game, you know? And I was like, surely there's a part, there's a time where he just takes one of Zero's body parts. Who was uh, his wife? No. And there was, <laughs> yeah, well, Zero being his sister? <laughs> <laughs> Don't quote me on that, please. No. Nothing we say is ever serious. Don't quote me on that either. <laughs> I've crossed my mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, so very early on in, in X1, in fact, uh, X. Uh, what, Yuri, why don't you fill us in? Because I'm a uh, little rusty. Well, yeah, Mega Man X1. Uh, you you go through the whole game, and and uh, I will never forget that Eagle Raptor little video animation. That game's mm-hmm. all about like theming. They mm-hmm. set it up as, you know, there's Vile, and then there's Zero, who's stronger than Vile. But then Zero says you become stronger than me, and all that. So you, you, throughout the whole game, you're in that journey of becoming, you know, more powerful. Uh, and Did you say you need more power, or is it optional? Uh, you definitely need more power. Yeah. But game. X doesn't crave the power, right? Yeah, it's important, yeah. important to note. He's, he's, like, almost, like, annoyed by it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I uh, guess I need this. <laughs> <laughs> Zero is the one that's like, you need more power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes yeah. more sense. Uh, which is very inspiring early on in the game, anyways. It's almost uh, like there's a... Rough and tumble hero. <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> Although X isn't really that, uh, you know. He's, he, he's not the same as. Yeah. Uh, that game is almost like two Virgils. One of them is just more into guns. Uh, well, actually, even Zero uses a gun. Yeah. X, well, it, uh, X, if he could avoid the fight and just, like, leave, he would prefer that. Yeah. <laughs> just like Dante, I guess. Oh. Not so much. Uh, anyways, so. You get, uh, you know, the way that you get this power is by getting each of the uh, upgrades for your um, armor parts. So you get the helmet, boots, uh, chest, and the arm. Um, mm-hmm. But if you forego the arm upgrade, mm-hmm. you get all the way to the end, um, and then you you encounter zero again, like in that vile zero encounter mm-hmm. once again. Is it a uh, vile zero encounter, or is it a vile? Is it an encounter between vile and zero? Uh, you, I don't recall. It's in that same section <laughs> of the. <laughs> it's in the you know the last three stages for uh-huh. you know Sigma, mm-hmm. so you get there and Zero is dying and he actually that's, he dies in that game. Spoilers. Yeah, uh, 1990. Never to return. When did that game come out? <laughs> Four. 1994. Five. Maybe? Yeah. Six. 
That's why I thought it was in the twenty hundred. Long time ago. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, and then you you encounter Zero, and he says the following. Like I got this from the uh, Mm -hmm. YouTube clip of the game. You are more powerful than before, Mm -hmm. but Sigma is much more than he appears to be. Hmm. You're going to need an edge. Take my arm cannon, and your attack power should increase. Good luck, X. That line would have been more appropriate if he gave him the sword. Well, he didn't have the sword in this game. has an edge. I know, but like... Well, he didn't have the sword in this game. I guess he's not really one to make puns. Yes. He's pretty pretty, uh, focused on the the mission, Greg. That's true. I guess I'd say it's not that X wouldn't want to fight. It's that he would prefer there was not a fight to have. Right, right, right. That is, uh, that is the truth. And Zero, what's the deal with Zero? He's down for a fight, but he, he doesn't know really what they're fighting. He doesn't know what they're fighting for. For what he is fighting. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's after X4. Yeah. Uh, then he has a reason to fight. My for. theory, what's your theory on the grammar there? Because mine is that by that time in the future, they will have accepted ending a prepositional phrase with a preposition. Uh, we've pretty much done that. Everyone yeah. arguing that at this point is like, Excuse but me. But when it comes down to like, sentence. yeah, you can. I just well, did. But it's like <laughs> when you're teaching a robot to mm. speak words, like when you teach them based on a rule set. Mm-hmm. But maybe not. I mean, maybe they just learn like people at that point. Well, and I would say do. it was a scriptwriter in the '90s who uh-huh. just put the line. In. <laughs> it's fairly implausible. Not have, you heard of, have you heard of Occam's Razor, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Greg? These are video games. I sounds you like you could use a little edge. <laughs> You're going to give me your arm? I'm going to give you Occam's razor. Oh, <laughs> Does that have three blades or four? It's actually just plasma. Hmm. Okay. We are uh, such nerds. I'm going to stick with my Mach 3. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, going back to Mega Man X. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, yeah, so at that point you get the uh, zero buster. Uh-huh. Which is different from the arm upgrade that you would get normally in the flame mammoth or whatever <laughs> stage you get it. I think it's the flame mammoth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this one, when you do the powerful, you know, level two shot or three, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, it creates this. You know, has this. Uh, the effect kind of looks like a. The plasma is doing like a ricochet thing. Looks mm-hmm. kind of like a shield on your back. It's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, otherwise, uh, very. Um, very similar to the regular shot. But I think the significance here mm-hmm. is that we have Zero, mm-hmm. your your sort of mentor character in the whole game, mm-hmm. giving you something, and it's literally his arm. Mm-hmm. So uh, I do kind of wonder, like, hand, so is this thing. actually, like, just something that's... I wish I knew the answer because I lived in Japan and studied Japan so long, but I, I don't know where this comes from, this idea of, like... Literally inheriting someone else's appendage. I mean, we've seen it, there are even you know other other companies' games where you see stuff like that happen, where the guy's arm is possessed by someone else. Uh, it seems like a fairly common uh, I mean, like motif or theme at this mm-hmm. point. Motif is probably the wrong word, but um, I mean, if you read into it, I guess you could say that it's like uh, you know. I- so in Japanese, the word arm. Uh, can also it can also mean skill a person's skill. You say they have a good arm. Oh, so okay. I do kind of wonder uh, if there's just this uh, you know, sort of overarching symbolism in the 
Japanese psyche that is like you inherit the arm of your that he who comes before you, your your sensei or senpai, mm. uh, and that that is a way of uh, sort of. I don't know, either living in someone's shadow or uh, sort of a coming I- coming of age symbol. I think there's something there. I think you can actually have an intelligent conversation about the inheriting an arm trope. Oh yeah, you could, uh, but we're not gonna. No, no, <laughs> no absolutely not. You turn I mean, to another channel. I mean, I frankly I would have asked you, <laughs> Greg, as the mm-hmm. man from Japan, mm-hmm. uh, to explain that. Mm-hmm. And, and I did. did. Yes, <laughs> to the best of my way. What? Well, no, you <laughs> did, but then, like, having a, a further conversation, because, I mean, I agree, you've got, I mean, you're onto something where mm-hmm. it shows up enough to go, like, there's a thing here, I have, and the, I language, have the, the, the yeah. language supports it, too, so yeah. it's like, there's... Well, yeah, and, and I think if we were going to draw an analog to what would have been here, mm-hmm. if if this was a trend here, it would probably have been a weapon, because, you know, arm yeah. is can, it's also, mm. like, firearm, arms right. race. Um it's not uh, arms race is not when you handstand your way uh-huh. to the finish line. It mm-hmm. could be. Th- yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> we could love start to see that, that happen. Yeah. We could start. That. <laughs> I also had this thought about how like uh like this obsession with uh like a hand or an arm that is is super powered is almost like a, an analogy for the player uh sort of fusing with the controller when they play a game to take on this persona with with all these powers, you know, like when you play Devil May Cry and you're using this thing in your hand to become this super-powered demigod of sorts, mm. it's almost like the on-screen enchanted hand is like a an analogy for for that. Is that a stretch? It's probably a stretch. I, uh, well, can't speak so much for the, the Devil May Cry example, but mm. I think... When you see something like uh, in God Hand, mm-hmm. it's it's your right arm and you hit the R two. It's very like analogous, right? Mm-hmm. And then you get that guy in that you know pummel state and then you're hitting the circle button. And every time you hit the button, he's yeah. You're you actually are punch. like literally pummeling on the controller, and it's almost yeah. a one to one representation of that. So that I like. Yeah, and we've talked about this a little before with the whole Ludo narrative resonance thing. Uh, the Red Queen always comes to mind for me. Where um, I don't know what it is about it, because in theory, like every every game has it, where you're pressing a button and it translates to an on-screen action. But there's something about you know pulling that L2 trigger to have him uh, like pull the sword's trigger, like rev the sword in the game, mm-hmm. and doing that while swinging, as you're doing it while swinging. It just feels yeah. like this uh, very uh, like synced up action. You know, like the action you're performing with your hand almost literally syncs up with what Nero is doing in the game. And it's also the same hand. It's also the same. Is that right? Yeah. Left hand with the sword, left hand with the trigger. Oh yeah. Man, good memory. Do not change that control set. You <laughs> <laughs> may change every other you button. Can't, you can change the controls, by the way, if you want. You sh- yeah. You, custom, you can do custom controls for each character, wow. of which there are five <laughs> special edition. So you boning up on your lady... <laughs> you know what I mean. I, well, I think I do. <laughs> I <laughs> I'm being completely serious. I'm <laughs> I'm not uh, smiling. I've been uh trying to bone up on each of the characters uh because I will be showing each of them off on the live stream. Coming soon. Expect more info on the blog if it's not already up by the time this podcast goes out. Uh, there's already <laughs> some inflow flo- inflow info floating out around out there. 
Um, we released a buttload of Virgil gameplay because uh, uh, we gave, couldn't hold it we gave the press access to that, so there's a lot of gameplay of Virgil floating around. Uh, you may see some other gameplay floating around too. <laughs> anyway, and that's basically our list. There's just we only had four, but we're probably missing some. Uh, we've got 30 plus years of Capcom games to go on. There's got to be like, uh, well, you know, even like Remember Me, it's not it's not a loved oh, one, but yeah. in a way, if it's filled with people's memories, it's kind That's of right. like filled no, with okay. loved ones. Can we redo this tomorrow? Yes, because like I totally want to bring up Remember Me. We'll just do a part two. <laughs> one entry. Um, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, like yeah, if you guys like have any of your own insights on this idea, uh, let us know in the comments, and that can be part of the community question. Uh, just it's a, a community chat this week. It's Let's a community see. chat. Well, I do have a community question, oh, which okay. is much dumber. Oh, <laughs> 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 well, I get to that. But first, we gotta cover last week's, which was what is the Capcomiest game of all time, and what makes a, ga- a Capcom game Capcomy uh, to you? Hmm. Talking about that Capcom DNA, uh, we got a bunch of answers. A lot of people. Seems to be uh, stuck on Resident Evil. Not stuck on, but uh, used a lot of Resident Evil examples. Kenneth speaks uh, quite a bit about Resident Evil. He says, The thing that comes to mind when I think about what makes a Capcom game is innovation. Uh, Just in regards to the Resident Evil series alone, we had an innovation in every game. RE1 sees you playing as two separate characters through a similar game while uh, slightly changing the story and outcome depending on who you play as and certain actions that you take. Uh, it also helped coin the term survival horror, as we all know. RE2 expanded on that by providing totally unique storylines and obstacles. RE3 had one basically unbeatable character stalk you the entire game and gave you a quick turn. Um, the game also changed slightly depending on your quick decisions at certain points. Yeah, that almost like a, a prelude to the QTEs that would uh, plague. <laughs> <laughs> Would uh, would uh, become a staple of the series in 4 and beyond. Uh, it says, Code Veronica allowed you to aim at two different enemies at once when holding a gun in each hand. RE0 had you switching between two characters to solve puzzles. RE4 popularized the over-the-shoulder camera. Boy, did it ever. Uh, I could go on and on. Uh, and he does, in fact. He talks about some of our other games as well. Uh, I think he was definitely after that uh, Resident Evil swag we were offering for <laughs> the community question. <laughs> uh, but no, that's a great answer. Uh, I do think that innovation is pretty key. Al- almost to the point that sometimes like the, the rest of a, the game will worship you know, a, a handful of points of innovation. I think Dragon's mm. Dogma, uh, like people kind of scratch their head at the, the pawn system at first. But then a- after you play the game for a while, you realize how much that and a handful of other things about the game distinguish it from like every other game that might look similar on the surface. Uh, things like the, the, the repeating like life cycles in Dragon's Dogma and like the Everfall and all that stuff. Uh, it's really innovative, really sets it apart. Uh, and at first, it's very confusing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Anthabaskin. I'm sorry, I'm butchering your name. Uh, it says, I think the most Capcom games are Resident Evil 4 and Devil May Cry 3. Uh, that was one of ours, I believe. Um, it says, they both innovated their genres and have great arcade gameplay. There's that word again. Uh, some might say Resident Evil 4 is aged, but it still works wonderfully within itself, especially Mercenaries mode. I wouldn't even say it's aged that much, to be honest. Like, I still think I that's... Mean, yeah, when I, every time I replay it, it I'm just like... I, I feel like, I, I, to this day, I feel like I time. don't need to give anyone a caveat like like oh i want to play 
you know, imagine a blank slate, and they're just like, oh, yeah, I, w- I want to play a great game. What should I play? It's like I would still recommend something like RE4. It's just a and super I, well-rounded. Yeah, and I don't need to explain, like, yeah, you know, it's over 10 years old, so, you know, you can't do this, you can't do that. It doesn't have this feature. It's like, no, a good game is a good game forever. Yep. Otherwise, yep. it's it's, like... That's a timeless game, and there's only a handful right. of those, really. Like, and as we as the years go on, we maybe that handful turns into two handfuls. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, or a there's bio- only a bionic armful. There's only ever <laughs> so many games that I would like. This, like, I would I would offer someone Portal kind of indefinitely. Mm-hmm. I don't. I can't imagine a point where this wouldn't be fun. Yeah. yeah. Even if it, you know, thirty years from now looks ancient mm-hmm. and doesn't have some features that are standard. Yeah. Right, RE4, right. yeah, it's going to look old, but, like, so what? Um, mm-hmm. Even all the way back to something like Dig Dug or Pac-Man, it's yeah, like, these are fun. That's like, how I feel about the original Bionic Commando. I will always go back to that and have a blast. I think it's just, like, it's a refreshingly fair game in a time where games were generally not fair at all, and mm-hmm. it still just feels really good. Mm-hmm. It even has a great cutscene, maybe the first great cutscene ever at the end. Oh, yeah. Hitler's head blows up. (laughs) Uh, We have one more comment from Ryan here who says what I was trying to say a minute ago much more succinctly. He says, I believe what makes a game a Capcom game is the idea of trying to dive into new realms and trying to test out new and possibly insane ideas. Uh, That pretty much nails it. There is an aspect of mad science, I think, to to what they churn out in Japan. And uh, I think you end up with things that uh, really do stand out. Uh, Maybe not initially on the shelf, but uh, over time, and uh, that's why you have things like, uh, you know, flourishing community where, I mean, that, that's why we had a community team back in 2008 before that was really a thing for games is because oh, yeah. you had these, like, these these followings that would just dissect these crazy games and, you know, try and figure out the science behind it and, you know, compile wikis and stuff like that. Uh, they're, they're just like, it's just coursing through their veins in Japan. they that is how they make games. Yes. This week, let us know your favorite Capcom appendage and or, <laughs> <laughs> and or appendage backstory. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Fair enough. And if you have any other comments on what we were talking about before, uh, uh. you're more than welcome. We will put up some kind of uh, Capcom swag as a little prize. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening once again. Uh, and until next time.